Xenologic. What's good, guys? And welcome to another episode of Mini Football Logic with Zeno here. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Tottenham v Manchester United game. Ended 2 all, guys. No one would have seen that at half time. With Manchester United in the lead comfortably and Tottenham looking like they wanted to repeat their performance against Newcastle. But thankfully, thankfully, Tottenham showed some fight in the second half, some resolve, you know, some balls, and actually managed to pull themselves back into the game. It looks like now for the first time in a while that they're actually fighting for a manager. Because they were fighting on for, for Conte and then that disappeared and then they fought for Stellini for a sec when he was still the assistant to Conte and then he became the actual interim and then they stopped fighting for him. And now on the Mason, this game has happened and, you know, the first half looked like, it looked like it was deja vu, really, like the Newcastle game just completely wide open defensively and easy to, te- to open apart, you know. Sancho's goal was simple. He got the ball, you know, took a, took a touch, curled it, far, curled it into the far corner. It's a great finish, by the way. You know, man like Sancho, man. Obviously, he's had a tough time at United and all that kind of stuff. But hopefully, he can start to get some things running for himself. Nonetheless, the second goal was even worse in my eyes. Of course, with the first goal, you can question Porro. You can, you know, how, how far away he was from Sancho. He should have been a bit closer. And it's, you know, also blame Porro for the second goal too, you know. But let me not get into that. Rashford gets the ball. Eric Dyer knows he's right-footed. So, he can. he's very, very clearly showing him to his left. Now, we know Rashford is, is that guy now, right? Nowadays, he is that guy, yeah? Sasha just takes on to his left, takes a touch, puts it back in the net, simple. It, 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 he made Dyer look like an absolute clown. He should know that Rashford, his compatriot, has a left foot on him. He can definitely take a chance on that right, on that left, on that left side. But, you know, despite how poor they were defensively, Tottenham did have chances. You know, mainly falling to Richarlison. You know, he's getting the ball, making the runs in behind Wambasaka. You know, when Wambasaka isn't defending one v one, he's not much. He's not too great at anything else. You know, much else. Nonetheless, the ball comes in more, numerous times to Richarlison, and no one's in the box. No one's in the box. He just puts the ball across the box. Sometimes it'll be you know a a a, a rare Perisic, you know, or or or, or Poro trying to make a late run or Son trying to do something but there was no one in the actual six yard box there's one man that you would expect to be there and that was Harry Kane but because of the tactics that Mason put out for the game where he wanted Kane to be a slightly withdrawn nine and a half ten player to play behind Richarlison on the left and Son on the right as more central forwards he wasn't in the right positions Kane's the goal scorer for Tottenham and yet he was being used as a creative midfielder corrective outlet to collect the ball from the limited midfielders in Hoiberg and Skip. Tactically, it, it, it makes a lot of sense, but then who's going to score the goals? Because Son's been out of touch this season. And so, and, and Richarlison's been even more out of touch. 22 appearances this season, no goals. You know, everyone's joking about how this centre-back got more goals than him, that centre-back got more goals than him. It's embarrassing, man. It's the, it's the record signing. Yeah, and he's scoring goals for fun for Brazil. You know, we saw that in the World Cup. He scored probably the best goal of the tournament. And yet, here he is. Not not, not even being able to take a shot from from certain positions. It's like, where's the confidence gone? It's bad. But when you don't score any goals in, in, in a league season, it's tough to have that confidence. Despite the price tag and how much the club that's just bought you values you, you know? 
But a lot of times he got the ball in behind. He was making very good runs. Obviously, as we know, Richardson has been living most of this season offside, boy. He scored, I think, three or four goals this season, but they've all been offside. You know, not ideal, is it, really, and truly, for his confidence. But he soon he will score, and then they'll all start going again, especially if Kane leaves, which he probably will. But all in all, the first half was weak. United just looked like they were in control without actually having to do too, too much. They were just dangerous on the counter, you know. Tottenham did try to put pressure on, which is a bit better than what they were doing against Newcastle, but nothing was coming out of it and it just looked like it was going to be an, you know, a simple win for Manchester United, reminiscent of the other time they played earlier in the season at Old Trafford, you know, a game that really infuriated me, to be honest. If you guys know, you know. Anyways, um, in the second half, though, Suddenly, a switch was flicked. Suddenly, Tottenham had the fire in their belly and they wanted to fight. They wanted to get back into the game. You know, it started off a bit slow second half. United still had some chances, but Tottenham went for it, you know? Porro puts the ball in the back of the net with a crisp little volley with the outside of his boot. It was beautiful. I can't even sit down here and deny that. Obviously, there's been a lot of criticism around him since he's joined from Sporting. We know that he can't defend that well. This shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that actually knows who Pedro Porro is. He can't defend. It's fine. He's not an amazing defender. That's not why we bought him. We have Emerson Royale who can defend. We bought him because of his attacking abilities and what and the extra he can give Tottenham on that side of the pitch compared to someone like Emerson. You know, and he showed it. He showed it in glimpses. You can tell he's still acclimatizing because the Portuguese league is is a few steps down from the Premier League. Let's let's sit down here and be honest. Okay, it's a, it's a it's a couple steps above the Premier League. It's going to take him time to acclimatise, especially he's been playing in a number of different roles under different managers, under slightly different variations of the same system. He, he, he's going to take him some time. Next season, we'll talk in about Pedro Porro. Right now, he's still adjusting. Beautiful goal. I don't think Emerson Royer can do that, you know, even though he might pay all the money in the world to try and score a goal like that. He can't, most likely. But he has a nice side to finish on him. I'll give him that. And then Tottenham kept pushing, kept creating chances. All of this stuff, it was incredible to see. And then Song gets the goal to make it 2-2 after missing another chance earlier. And it's like, wow, Tottenham actually came back. I can't lie, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. If only, they, if only they came back against Newcastle as well. <laughs> oh, no, let's not talk about the past. But United, if it feels like it's deja vu again. The substitutions are costing them. Taking off Wan-Bissaka was a mistake to be honest. We can't even sit down here and deny that. Putting Fred on was a mistake. Martial didn't do much. The substitutions are not the same level as the starting 11. And if you want to be a team that competes for titles, you need to have consistent level of quality across the 23 players in your squad. That's why Man City are inevitable in England because of that fact. They have equal quality or even better quality off the bench. No other team can really have that Liverpool had it for a little bit for a couple years and that's why they were pushing them but even with Liverpool it was very top heavy their squad and now it's been completely exposed for everyone to see this season Uh, you know so I think that's the next step for United now it's about being able to supplement those key players now with players of a similar or same level of quality to be able to produce a consistent level of performance when they make these changes because many times this season you know they've had injuries and had to replace players you know, they're not playing with their first choice centre back pairing. Martinez and Varane are both injured. You know, so they have to, they're having to play Dallow left back because Shaw is playing as a centre back. 
and all of this kind of stuff. And they've been being able to find solutions, which is a good sign. Ten Hag has had a very good season for United. That can't be denied. He's been able to find solutions and find ways for United to, to win games when they're even in the most compromised of positions. But in this game, it's, it happened even with games early in the season, you know. The games, against, the games against Sevilla, in fact, the first leg in particular where literally substitutions cost of the game. And the same thing has happened again where they were 2-0 up in control and they've just completely lost it. They've literally gotten worse as the game has gone on. And the substitutions, instead of them, instead of the substitutions giving them a chance to get better, it's actually made them worse. This is, this is what happens in football, unfortunately. But United can build on that and they can continue to build a stronger squad. After all, the objectives this season have been achieved. It's now about taking a step further from there. And as for Tottenham, well, we should we should know by now the top four hopes are done for them. United, Newcastle are probably going to be the last two teams to join Arsenal and City. Liverpool are outside chance, but that's just because they're Liverpool. Realistically, they don't really have that much of a chance. Aston Villa are there for the for decoration. You know, Bruno Emery's done an amazing job with them, but they're not going to get too much higher than where they are now. And Tottenham, we'll see where they end up. But I think I'm going to end the episode here. Hope you guys enjoyed. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Mini Lodge.